I think we are live. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. There were a little late, but we're in uh, studio live. This was a question as to whether or not this was going to be remotely or in person, and we ended up making it happen in person. And it's going to be amazing. This is another one of those situations where you sit down with a person who uh, up until now only existed on the interwebs and only existed on the interwebs because of the most harrowing experience and then the most, I would say, traumatizing legal experience that followed. Kyle Rittenhouse, um, we're going to do this in person today and it's going to be fantastic. Kyle, I don't think uh, anybody who's watching needs an introduction but thank you for doing this and thank you for being here. How are you? I'm doing good, Viva. How are you doing? I'm glad to finally be on the show. It's been a long time coming. It's, it's, we've been following the story, but you say we talk about it like it's a story and you're a human behind the um, two years. How, how many years ago did this happen now? Uh, a little it's, over, almost three years ago, uh, August 25th of 2020. So two and a half years ago. It, it, realizing that it's not it's not a face on the screen it's not an account on twitter it's a human here it's 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 almost difficult to appreciate but surreal in in its realness i guess we're going to start from the beginning because like um we're going to get into all this i i saw you on ricada i know what i'm going to ask i know what i'm not going to ask i think one thing that is obviously clear about you you are sincerely a good person and it's going to sound shocking to people the way you refuse to engage in any sort of bad mouthing or any sort, anything that could be resembled, it, I appreciate that. I'm not going to push any of the questions that um, where I saw you back, you know, reluctantly uh, decline to answer certain questions. But I've got I've got stuff like we, we watched the trial beginning to end. The one thing that I never really got out of the trial that never came out of the testimony. Who 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 are you? Where are you? We know you're from Kenosha. We know a little bit about you, but like, what did your parents do? What was life like growing up? How many siblings? Like, who, who are you? Well, um, I grew up in Wisconsin and Illinois, um, jumped house to house, um, lived in a low-income family, a single mom household. My mom worked a lot of hours. Uh, I worked, two sisters. Um, I was passionate about the things I did. I was passionate about being a police explorer and firefighter cadet and being my job as a lifeguard. And yeah, that was just... May may I delve into the the childhood stuff? Uh, single mother. What? Ha where? Where's your father? What happened to your father? He lives in uh, Wisconsin. And so divorced at a young age. Uh, separated. Separated. Uh, how many siblings? Two. You two others or two you and someone else? Two sisters. Two sisters. You're the youngest. Middle. Okay. And now what is life? What is life like growing up with with two girls? Well, you're you're growing up in an all woman household. Yes. What is that? What is that like? <laughs> Very interesting. But you're 20 years old means you're born in 2003. That's I mean that 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 blows my mind. I was like I was graduating law school in 2003. Uh, what is life like growing up in Kenosha, Illinois, single mother? Like what do you do as as a kid? Like you're still sort of a kid, but what do you do as a child? Well, it's the Midwest, so we have cornfields and dairy farms. What it seems like we have Chicago, so sometimes you go down to the city, go to Chicago or Milwaukee, but. We were really close to the waterfront as well, Lake Michigan, so go to the beach sometimes. And there's a lot of small lakes you can go swimming at and did that for fun. You know, when I was around 16, 17, I'd start going to like car shows, car meets, hanging out hanging out there and going to the beach with friends. And growing, when you grow up in, in small town rural areas, are you near other friends or is it sort of... Not a lonely existence, but it's not uh, congregated s children playing in the streets? By small town, I mean like 
not like Miami or like New York or Chicago, like small little villages, if you would say, not okay. like houses that are two miles away, but. Very cool. And now um, let me ask, we'll get, we'll get into, before you get into the night that I won't say defined your life, but um, defined the trajectory of your life short and probably long term. Um were you into hunting as a child? Like, I, I'm from Montreal, Canada, so you don't. I, I my cousins hunted, but it wasn't something that I got into growing up. Were you into that as of, as of a child? I never. I did. I've never been hunting as a child. Okay. And so, how do you get into? Uh, how do you get into having an interest in policing? I guess the policing and 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 firearms in general. Like, I, I presume this was not the events of that night were not the first time you. Um, handled the firearm like I, I presume you had uh, experience with that growing up and when did that happen well i've had very little experience handling a firearm um, i've shot in rif that rifle maybe once put a couple hundred rounds to it once or twice and i just got into wanting to be a police officer because i wanted to help people i wanted to um, go out in communities and i wanted to like be like the good guy and just protect people and so when this happens now, you're 20 now, this happens when you're 17. What's going on in the world? I mean, 16, 17-year-olds typically are not even necessarily aware of what's going on politically in the world. What is life like at that point in time for you, where you're living, given the, the summer of love, all that stuff? Like, what's going on in your neighborhood? How is it affecting you? How is it affecting neighbors? And how do you get um, involved in that? Well, so... In Wisconsin and Illinois, um, there weren't many riots at first when George Floyd happened. There was like a few protests and stuff like that. But Chicago was rioting, Minnesota, and we were seeing this all on the news and unfold and just these major cities burning down. And nobody was really thinking that this would come to like a small town like Kenosha. And then uh, Jacob Blake happened and then Kenosha was on fire and people were devastated to see their community and my community being burned down. So I think people wanted to help by cleaning graffiti, putting out fires and protecting small businesses. And so before the night that this all occurred, uh, there had been two or three nights prior of burning to the ground, looting, vandalism. Yes. Uh, what, I mean, what does that feel like? What does the neighborhood feel like while that's happening? I mean, do, do, do you feel totally isolated in that it doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything like authorities are doing nothing to help or stop it it didn't seem like um, authorities were doing much I can't really comment on much because I am facing a civil lawsuit um, I don't know if you've heard but um, unfortunately our motion uh, for dismissal got denied so yeah, that's that. so you're being sued by I think it's the fa the father of Hugh Anthony Huber yes. who's uh, the skateboard the individual who struck you with the skateboard yes uh, that's a wrongful death lawsuit. There was a motion to dismiss. The motion to dismiss was dismissed and it can proceed to discovery. Um, so without, I don't want to get into too many questions about, let's see the, 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 the night we, we saw your testimony. I mean, we, we saw what happened. Um, I guess the bottom line question is people, Riccada asked you the same question, Nick Riccada for anybody who doesn't know, you know, what, why, um, why even do what you did? And, and the answer was, you know, I, I wanted to help. I wanted to clean up. Um, I, I'm looking at you. I'm saying, like, was there any part of your any part of your existence that thought that what could happen could possibly have happened? Like, were you anticipating that anybody would just turn on you and start to try to assault you? 
I did not think I was going to be attacked. I I didn't think I was going to have to defend my life and be forced to take two lives. And now, like, this is another thing people don't appreciate. I think um, there were a number of people watching the trial when, when you were on the stand and, and you started talking about it. Uh, some people probably don't know what anxiety looks like or what any form of bona fide PTSD looks like. Um, the evening when they start, when it starts escalating, like what, what goes through your mind when you say, holy cows, this is now getting very dangerous for me and I had no idea. Like, what, what does that feel like internally? Well, I just saw a lot of things on fire and then, I'm, I, again, I can't get into too much. Um, as you know, you're with being a lawyer. So here, let's, we'll, we'll move on there. Let me, let me ask you this because I don't think many people talked about this. After the events, we see, we've, we've seen the video, we saw the trial, we saw the acquittal. Um, you turned yourself in or you tried to the night of, couldn't find anybody, and then the next day you go to the police station? So what happened was I attempted to turn myself in to Kenosha police there where I was pepper sprayed and told to go home. So what I did, I did what they said. I went home and then I turned myself in to the Antioch Police Department. I didn't turn myself into the Kenosha Police Department because it was boarded off and they weren't accepting visitors. When you turn yourself in, this is something that I just, uh, we know that you were in jail for a long time, but I don't think I've ever heard you discuss like what happened in that experience. You turn yourself in. When do you get to go home after turning yourself in before you're back in jail? Uh, I turn myself in. I am sitting in the lobby with my uh, my mom, and then several hours, Kenosha police detectives come in. They Mirandize me. I take five, and then I am arrested, charged, charged. I don't know what I was charged with yet. They just said I was being arrested and charged, and then I asked, what are the charges? And they say, well, we don't know yet. And then I was taken to um, Deputy Juvenile Detention Center where I went on to fight extradition, ultimately losing, not going to get into much about that. Then I was transferred to Kenosha County Detention Center, the pretrial facility where I was held until I had, until I have raised enough money to post bail, which was $2 million. And then I was released on November 20th of 2020. So released on November 20th. When did you, what date did you turn yourself in on again? August 28th. August? The night of August 25th. So you're in August to September, three months in... 87 days. 87 days. What's the first facility? What was that called again? A, a detention center? Depke Juvenile Detention Center. Can you tell anybody who's never been what that experience is possibly like? The food's a lot better there than Kenosha County Jail. Um, it's, it's interesting. There are a lot of kids there for a lot of bad things, and it's... At the juvenile detention center, it was very controlled, with it, what it seemed like. They had a very controlled environment. Hands, like, out of pockets, walking down the hallways. Your hands had to be behind your back. You weren't allowed to touch anybody. You can play cards. You can read books. You can watch TV um, when you weren't doing school. Like, I think it was five, six hours of mandatory school each day where we'd go into the classroom and learn. Let me ask a stupid question. How, how was the five to six hours of school? How was the teaching? Uh, it was online. Okay. It was all online through uh, programs. Um, it was very, very interesting. So, I mean, it, it's it's surreal. And I think my nightmare is being detained in, you know, like, I not say like an animal in a, in a, in a bad way, just like, you know, to be in a cage. Uh, you're five to six hours online learning. Is that in a cell or is that in a classroom? It's in a classroom setting. 
Um, but then we do have cells. We go to cells um, at nighttime or if something happens um, or if they just feel like putting us up. And then at Kenosha County Jail, I was held in a cell 24-7. I was... 20... This is all day, every day. I was... I maybe left the cell every other day for an hour to visit my lawyers. Can I ask for... Let's just get some... Let's get some visuals here. You're in a cell. How, how big is the cell? Can you touch both sides of the walls with your arms? No, it's not that big. It's... They put me in a medical medical unit cell, so it had like a shower which didn't work, and a sink and a toilet, and then a, a desk, and then a metal bed with a four inch thick mattress on it. Why? Why was it twenty four seven? Is this for your security? It or? was. I was in protective custody. Okay. A lot of people wanted to cause me harm in jail. I don't know if you know who jailhouse lawyers are, but they had me greenlit, so. They were worried about that. and I don't know who jailhouse lawyers... I think I, I know roughly what was going on, but what's jailhouse lawyers and what does greenlit mean? Well, jailhouse lawyers is like some organization, but greenlit means they want to have you killed. Okay. I, there was a tweet circulating saying from them saying, if anybody has a location on Kyle Rittenhouse's cell, let us know. I'm going to ask the obvious question, but I'm going to ask it nonetheless. What? Do you appreciate what that means in real time, or do you not really even understand the, the, the severity of that threat? I understand that is a pretty big threat. That is somebody saying, hey, let's figure out his cell, because once we get lock on it, we're going to have people go in and take care of him. By take care, I mean kill me. How do you, um, how do you, how do you internalize that um, as you're there? I was just like, well, it's out of my control. I have to trust that the prison guards are going to protect me and that whatever happens is God's plan. Let me ask you this also. Prison guards, do you get the impression they are um, adversarial or are they conceptually supportive? Um, most of them were pretty supportive, what it okay. seems. I, there's one person who... I don't think really liked me. He put me in every time he put me in handcuffs, he like cranked him down and like dragged me a little bit. But uh, this was actually a question. I, it's a, it's a good, I mean, it's a segue. It's uh, you, you talk about a faith, you talked about a faith in God with Rakeda. I know you talk about it. And I, I, is your faith newfound or were you brought up religious with, with, with the faith in some protective power? I've always been a Christian, but my Christianity Christianity has definitely strengthened through the situation. Um, learning to fall on God in the hardest times and just learning to trust Him. When you're in jail, are you yes. reading the Bible? Yes. Okay. It's. It, it, I have been meaning. Like I want to read the Bible. Not. I'm not a religious person. I think I might be spiritual, but I, the lessons from the Bible are. Um, time timeless and they i think they can help people contextualize things uh did you start from page one and go to the end i did i um read it in pieces i did my best um the bible is a big book and it is a lot to digest especially on your own and i'm still trying to learn to digest it all and i have people i'm working with to try to learn everything the bible is trying to teach us and apply it in everyday life um I was actually just listening to Jordan Peterson on Joe Rogan most recently on the way down here. And I think he said the Bible's not a book, it's a library and, you know, a, a compilation of books. And he was explaining the story of Exodus and how it applies in today's day and age as well. Okay, so you're in jail. 
24-7 in protective um in a protective cell alone. So no, no, no jailmate or cellmates. You get out every other day for do you get sunlight? Do you get exercise? Do you get to shower? Like life. What's it like when you're doing that? When I was in Kenosha County Jail, I didn't shower at all. Um, I didn't see sunlight at all while I was at Kenosha County Jail. At Depke, I had a small window, like maybe a two foot by three. Um, and it had two small slits, like two inches, two inches wide, you can barely see outside. And the window was a little bit scratched off, but you can make out what was outside. And I would like watch like the wind and I'd be like, wow, I want to go outside because you, you take for granted on little things like going for a walk or going to sit outside, like fresh air. You take for granted the fresh air you breathe. Uh, let me ask you this. Would you have preferred to have the window or no window because of the temptation to see what's out there is more frustrating than not seeing it? Well, I liked having the window because you would get really bored in in the cell. And then that just gave you something to do, just like watch outside. Um, so you're, you're, you're in there for three months. Uh, was it always protective? Like, were you always basically 24-7 until you got out? I, I always was in protective custody the entire time from um, the incident to I was bailed out. They had somebody constantly with me. They At Depke, they had two people with me no matter what. There was always, always somebody. Are you, I'm going to ask my own neurotic questions. Were you sleeping? Were you, were you de- coping with this? Or is this three months of absolute psychological trauma? It was, it was absolute psychological trauma, especially going back to Kenosha and then a lot of sleepless nights at Depke. Um, what's, what's Depke? Depke Juvenile Detention okay. Center. And I didn't sleep for like the first two and a half weeks. Like I was restless and exhausted and traumatized and scared. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what people were saying. I didn't know what was going on on the outside. It was scary. I was a 17 year old kid not knowing what the rest of my life was going to look like. And that was, that was hard to grasp. Um, Three months you get, when you're in the 24 seven, what are you getting? There's no schooling there. There's no, no nothing, no internet, no connection to the outside world. a tablet. With, with connection to the internet? D- de- decent connection or, or you're able to at least know something of the existence of the outside world? So I had a jail tablet. Um, so it had like, you can watch like certain types of movies. Like I think there's like 45 movies you can choose from, like 20 TV shows. But it was like a season of like The Office or something and like scattered. It was like a random season. So you could have started from point A to from point A and go all the way to Z with all that. And like there was games on it. What else? You can make phone calls on that tablet you had to pay for. But you had news. You could you could read the news if you paid for the subscription. So I was able to do that. Yeah, I paid for the subscription. I was reading the news. I was like, "What the?" You're, you're paying for the you're paying for the privilege to see what is being said about you wrongly in the media. Yes, uh, and I presume you, you didn't avoid your own story while you're in there. Oh so, no! So you're paying to be you're paying to have access to the call it arguable defamation. Some people say it's outright, and other people will say it's nothing. Um, you're you're reading this as you're on the, in on the inside. Yeah, I I I, re- I read it a couple of them, and I'm like. Well, that's not true. They can't say that. And 
even I think they the did. day you were acquitted, I think it was the Independent or the Guardian that still reasserted that you were found not guilty of having shot, or I think they said shot or killed three black men at a, uh, at a at a BLM protest. I believe that was the Guardian. Was the Guardian? I I I've been following, but I get lost between you know the, the misinformation from every one of the MSMs out there. Um, and you'll tell me if you don't want to get too far into it. Just the the night the incident happens. It, everything happens. It go, you know it, what happens happens. You you flee to safety. Um, what is going through your mind like after that all happens? Is this is this like a nightmare where you uh, some part of you is convincing yourself that this didn't didn't just happen? It was an absolute nightmare. My heart was pounding. My adrenaline was pumping. I didn't know what was going to happen next. I was terrified. I I was just almost killed in the street and. It was. I was scared. I was scared and didn't know what what was going to happen. All right. So now you're three months in pretrial detention. You finally get out after having raised. And then there's no there's no shade on anybody here. Three months in, you get the two million dollar bond, which is you needed to put up the the whole two million because it wasn't the ten percent like under the bail system, from what I understand. Once that goes up and you get out. Is it tasting freedom again, or is it experiencing a new type of terror now? It was it was a little bit of a taste of freedom when I first got out, not being restricted, not being shackled wherever you go. I remember it. So I, I remember getting bailed out. I remember them coming to get me, and they're saying, hey, pack up your cell. I'm like, where are we going? I At this point, I'm thinking I'm going to Kenosha Detention Center, which is the bigger facility that is not attached to the core. So I pack up my cell. They put me in handcuffs. They take me downstairs to the holding cell, and then they unhandcuff me, and then I sign some paperwork, and then they give me my property back and say, change out, and they don't handcuff me again, and they put me in the back of a white van, drive me to the detention center where I meet security detail, and then... Security detail, as in your security detail? Yeah. So that now you're they're saying, we're here, here's security, and you're going to go into hiding, effectively, until you, until you stand trial. Yeah. And... Did that, drove like three hours, three, four hours um, from Kenosha to Indiana and ate, ate my first meal. Ate my, I ate my first meal. Um, where, where did you go? Well, I had chicken nuggets, but then when I got back to the safe house, I had a steak. On a barbecue, like gr- a grilled steak? No. Or you ordered from a restaurant? It was from Outback. Yeah, that's not a bad steak. Okay, they they, they could make steaks. Uh, and what did it taste like? Best best meal you've ever had? It was it was pretty good, but I got really sick. I didn't know that eating like certain type like I was on a like the jail diet, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that that can mess up your stomach and like to not just go go ham and eat a bunch of food that you haven't eaten in three months, especially red meat. Yeah, you, did you did you vomit? I vomited. I was like like curled up on the couch, and I was just like, I don't feel good. It is, um, I forget what book it was that I read. It was one of the few books that I actually read with my eyes, but it was about prisoners being released from detention centers uh, during times of war. And, you know, their bodies had gotten used to not, you know, decreased caloric intake, different, you know, bad diets. Um, uh, what's the word? Malnutrition. And then can't, you have to be brought back onto normal food. I was slowly. 140 pounds when I got bailed out. I went in weighing 200 Okay, well, I say there's, there's, uh, it, it, uh, I, uh, that's not the, that's not a slim fast diet that anybody should ever get on. That sixty pounds in three months. Yeah, 
Okay. And then the first thing you do is, is, is chow down on a very heavy, greasy meal, and it makes you get, not deathly, but seriously ill. Yeah. Like, I was, I was sick, and it was not fun. And then, so, so what, I mean, you get out now, where you're living, I don't want to say in hiding, but vir- virtually in hiding. Yes. With your, your mother, siblings, or yeah. um, has, is that as bad now as it was immediately after you, well, at the time of the incident? Not as bad. I still don't tell people where I live for obvious reasons, um, but I don't really like, I, I go out, I... I go to friends' houses and I'll go to the grocery store. Yes, I still receive harassment constantly. I get constant death threats. It's hard to go out. I don't like it, but I can't afford a 24-7 security detail. I'm So I'm kind of on my own in this situation. And um, Obvious questions here also. It's not a question that you suffer from some from PTSD in the most clinical senses. Are you seeing therapists? Have you saw? Are you seeing therapists now? How how do you how do you how do you cope with? I'm seeing yes, I'm seeing therapists and talking to people, talking to people with uh, uh, similar situations, people who have been forced to defend their lives, and just having like a support group around me. And and uh, does therapy help? It does. It does help to talk about it and to just release your feelings and like decompress what's going on and having like, I don't want to say safe space, but having a safe space. And have, uh, there's a form, I forget what it's called, EDMI, the, the eye movement. Laser eye therapy thing. It's something about eye controlling eye movement. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet, but I really do want to try it. And then uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, have they given you any of that? Well, that's like Re- rewiring the brain, as my wife would say, it's because uh, I, I mean, I, I presume there are things that trigger uh, immediate flashbacks, immediate sensorial um, reliving of the experience. Yes. Sounds, smells, uh, r- random things. Yeah. Yeah. Crowds, certain smells, like whenever I smell something burning um, and then just certain things like like if I see something, I'll trigger it. But. Yeah, and does that um, for anybody who's never experienced that, does that fear of the of the triggering of the response uh, cause you to not do things now? Like, or, or would you say that you're reluctant to do things because of the fear of, of of triggering a memory? I would say so a little bit, but like what really happens is I get like cold sweats and like my body like shivers up, and my heart just like heart rate just drops and. Just like a little bit of like a fear, if that makes sense. It not only makes sense. I mean, I, I, I wonder. I've always wondered how people can get over immensely traumatic experiences and and not having a baseline of comparison of you before the events versus now. How how in the obvious sense, how has it changed you? How has it changed your perspective on the world? Well, my perspective on the world has changed dramatically. I never, one, I never knew how political this world was. Um, and just not knowing, like, I I always had this sense that people are inherently good. I've always had that since I was little. I don't have that anymore. I have the office and I'm like, okay, people are inherently bad in a way. Like, what do they want? What is their ulterior motive? Not all people. I believe there are a lot of good people. But being attacked, knowing that somebody is wanting to cause harm to you and try to take your life is a real eye-opener. It's scary to think that there are a lot of people in this world like that. 
you know, I, and I know you're not, you'll offer whatever um, elaboration that you, you, you want after this, not a diatribe, but you know, the, the, when I looked at the situation, there are, I think I've been cynical for a little bit longer, but um, this didn't help anything, but you know, the, the, there's, there's tears here. There's three, there's the three individuals who uh, assaulted you, uh, that level of bad people that I, I think, you know, probably mentally unwell and, and a number of other issues. Then there's the political manipulation of an incident, which even at the time, New York Times, I forget who the journalist was, but put out an, a, a, a detailed analysis that it was self-defense, the clearest cut cases of self-defense. And this was a left-leaning, forget, I'm, I'm relatively certain it was the New York Times. And despite that, because of the political weaponization of everything, um, the, the media still went out of its way to depict you in a way that was 1,000% inaccurate. Um, Hide the facts. Sorry? Hide the facts. And so, like, you know, there's, there's, there's levels to it's like a tiramisu of, of, of evil where you have the evil of the, in, of the individuals, and that's fine. You could write that off if the rest of the world were sane and said, okay, maybe you shouldn't have, maybe, you know, maybe I wouldn't have gone there with a the, with the gun. I, I wouldn't have, and I wouldn't, I would deter my kids from doing it, but that's one thing. But once that's happened, let's just be realistic about it, but they're not. And then they weaponized it, they demonized you, they used it for political purposes, and destroy your life a second time after three random criminals tried to destroy it the first time. How do you, you're young and you have still, you have hope in your eyes. Like I, it's good to see, like I, I, you're not, you don't seem to be broken or cynical to the point of no return. How do you um, channel this to live the rest of your life without bitterness, without anger and productively? Well, I realize that I have a very, um, like I have a pretty big platform to where I can use my voice to help push things that I believe in, make, hopefully make positive change and make the world a better place in a way, like getting politicians that are favorable to um, the things I believe in, like pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, a Christian type politicians in to pass better laws and make America a better place to live and hopefully educate people in a way and like show people what it means, what the right to self-defense means and just like try to like use my platform for good. Any hope or aspiration of uh, getting into policing or that, that I presume no. is, it's impossible <laughs> no. and, and, not, and nothing that's going to bring back any of the memories of the events of that night. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to go into law enforcement. I, I don't want to be a first responder. I, no. And uh, so what we, now I know you don't, well, there was the whole incident with you're going to go to university and then it becomes known what university you're going to. And then you experience, um, you know, people's stubborn unwillingness to the same crowd that argues for um, criminal justice reform, forgiving convicted criminals, not acquitted innocent individuals are now basically say for lack of a better word stalking you everywhere you go and making it impossible for you to live a normal life yeah yeah that is that is very 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 true people don't want to see me secede they don't they don't want me to go to school but they're pushing they want to, they they're saying felons should be allowed to go to school which i agree with everybody has a right to an education but then me a free man acquitted no criminal history other than two fraction, uh, two traffic tickets from when I was before my um, incident. And they don't want me to go to school. I did nothing wrong. And then they protest to get me kicked out. And then 
the first school, no shade on the school again, because I know you're a, a good person that doesn't like, bes- not, I think besmirching might not be the right word, but you know, speaking ill of, first school, did they say this is not going to work or did you say this is not going to work and I'm just going to leave? Well, they gave me a compassionate withdrawal and then I was... Compassionate withdrawal? Please elaborate. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> it means they took me out of my classes. Okay. They didn't fail you for leaving. For, 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 they said, you can leave and we won't fail you for the rest of the semester. No, they were like, yeah, we're just going to withdraw you. Okay. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Whatever. They came out and they're not allowed to do this. Um, I, I forget what the law is called, but they commented on something about my education and you're not allowed to do that. And that ticked me off a little bit. And then I made the mistake a second time of announcing where I was going to school and then people started throwing a fit and like, no, we can't have this person come to our school. And now I'm in college, but I am not announcing where I go to college. It's a wise once bitten, twice shy and third times. You should have learned from the first from the first two. Uh, And who was it? There was one there was one person tweeting who wasn't even your professor saying they were going to keep an eye on you, if I remember this correctly. Do you remember that? Or is that there were there? I follow the Twitterverse. I'm not sure how. How much you were following? There I've, was one professor who was not even your professor, but saying, "I'm going to follow this this student." I, I think it was your situation. Um, I, it was you. I'm not sure, but um, may I ask what you're studying now? Right now, I'm just like focused on learning a lot about business. <laughs> I feel like that is a very, very valuable um, skill to have, and I'm not great at math or English, and just trying to get caught up to a point to where I can prepare myself for, for success. That's good. I think the um, my one, if I had a regret, it was not doing an MBA before law because being a lawyer and not under, well, I, I've learned how business works, but an MBA is probably the most useful degree you can get because it's like the basis for a functioning society. What type of lawyer are you, Viva? I did a commercial litigation for 13 years. So nothing, no criminal, no tax and no family. Just, so just a contracts dispute in Quebec and, um, that's where I think I got started getting my black pill, but I didn't, I, I didn't, I, I'm everyone. I should say I'm red pilled, but not black pilled yet. But seeing the way the world works, um, it, it, it's, it's eye opening. And you, you got the, you got the steepest of learning curves, uh, at the youngest of ages because you're a young idealistic kid who thinks, um, I can, I can help. And there's not people who are just hell bent on, on destruction. What, uh, what do you do now for, for fun and for relaxation? Um, what do I do for fun? I know Nick was giving you some people were giving you some heartache for those TikTok videos, which I, I think it's innocent. I just think TikTok should be avoided at all costs because <laughs> nothing good comes out of TikTok. But oh. what, what, what do you I mean? You have to do something now to distract and to fulfill. I go wakeboarding. Um, I wakeboard uh, with my friend uh, at AF Wake. Uh, he helps run the place. And I've, I have a lot of fun out there on Lake Gaston during the summertime. Uh, I snowboard in the winter. And, other than that, I just try to hang out with friends and just go over to their house, play games like card games, Monopoly, that type of stuff. Normal 20-year-old college kid stuff. Now, I, I, and I hate to ask the not – the, they're not uncomfortable. They're just, it's just hard because I, I go to your Twitter feed and I see it's just, it's just filled with toxicity. And, and look, people are going to say, well, what, what, what do you expect under the circumstances? And I, and I was listening. It was, again, it was Jordan Peterson Joe Rogan talking about – like the, the, he called it the triad or basically like, you know, the culmination of all things evil, narcissism, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism, where people go online anonymously, strictly with the intention to destroy. And not only do they not get, um, 
I say punished. They don't they don't suffer social consequences. They actually get rewarded for it. Uh, do, do, I guess, do you deal with it? And how do you deal with it? Well, I get a lot of hate comments, but I look at it like they're promoting my content for me. <laughs> that, that, that is the truth about like the bad chatter. It, that's what Twitter is. It thrives on negative interaction. So they, I say like from a cynical perspective, it drives engagement. That's, that, but I mean, there's, there's, it, it has to take a psychological toll. A little bit. I, I look at some of the comments and I just, I just say how ignorant of the facts can you be? How can you not? watch the video and then go on a comment and say something completely false and opposite. Yeah, well, and not only does it not get corrected, it gets retweeted and everyone it 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 continues to promote the misinformation. Um let me ask you this now. So where do you see yourself in five, ten short, medium, long well forget the long term. Nobody can tell. Short, medium term. What what do you have on the on the agenda? Well the short term is get through this lawsuit. Now I know you can't go into too much of it. I I, I familiarized myself with it, um, but it, it is at its base wrongful death lawsuit by Anthony Huberman's father. Uh, how much are they asking for? I amount to be determined at trial. Yeah, I'm not going to discuss that. Okay, um, and um, and there was a motion to dismiss. Do, do you know the basis of the motion to dismiss? It was a motion to dismiss and uh, and. To quash for service because I I don't believe I was properly served. I wasn't served physically. I was never handed the paperwork. They served it to my sister at a house I don't live at. And don't well the the, the rules of procedure are a double a double edged sword. They they can cut both ways and they can apply both ways or they can find exceptions. So the the, the judge found you were properly served. Yes, and you're not going to dismiss. You're going to go to discovery because there might be some basis of a lawsuit despite the acquittal given the difference of standards of evidence in civil versus criminal matters and we respect the judge's decision we are disappointed but we respect it who's who's uh who's helping you with this who's your lawyer in this file now um uh, the attorneys from nelson mullins okay um and uh what was i going to say it was about it was about the dismissal of it um legal fees sorry people don't understand this either now there was there well, here's are expensive. You know, and and, you're, and you're, you're following the events of that night, your life, I mean, it's consisted of crowdsourcing to defend yourself, one on the criminal. And once that was over, people think, okay, you've got your freedom back, but the way lawfare works is uh, not so fast. When did you get served with the civil lawsuit? I want to say... Oh, and let me rephrase, just so that there's no admission. When did you get this? When 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 did you become aware of this lawsuit? In June. Forget the ch challenging the service. So it started in June. June, July. You were acquitted. It's over a year ago now that you were acquitted. Yep. And is this the only family that's suing you thus far for uh, wrongful death? Yes. Um, okay. So it not dismissed, and now you have to go through with this. And so you're you need... You're raising legal funds for your defense. Yes, I'm raising funds to help pay for this lawsuit. I'm in a mountain of legal debt already, and I'm only 20 years old. And it's stressful, and it's hard. Um, but you can go to www.givesandgo.com forward slash Kyle House to help me pay for my lawyers and make sure that they don't win. Because that's what they're trying to do. This They're trying to drown me in a mountain of debt um, and make sure I can't defend this lawsuit. And, it's are scary. you um ask a silly question are you are you working now? I can't really work. I think my 
my work, the career I was thrown into in a way is like going out, doing speaking engagements and doing podcast and media. And I, I say, I asked that question. I, I mean, I sort of thought the answer was obvious because it's not like, I don't know who, what employer would want to take on the headache of having to deal with the onslaught of online harassment that would invariably come from hiring the Rittenhouse. The name, by the way, Rittenhouse, it's of Germanic descent, right? Yes. And, and I think I looked it up. It means a house that's built on a slope. <laughs> if, if I'm not mistaken, who, so, sorry, now that I'm remembering this, one other question. When all of these accusations of, of, of racism and white supremacy motivating this thing, there were rumors online that you might have had uh, Hispanic or Latino, either blood or family members. I'm German and Irish. Okay. Rittenhouse is your dad's last name. Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, you, you're not going to, you're not, not, you're not unemployable, although maybe that would be the way to qualify it, but, uh, you're, you're doing speaking engagements, you're doing advocacy work and now you're, you need to rely on crowdfunding to actually defend yourself from the second bout of this, what, what many people think is an outright legal injustice. What's, uh, what's the next step in the, in the lawsuit that, you know, it'll be discovery now. I think so. Um, it's a recent, it's recently, the, the dismissal of the motion to dismiss was just the other day, right? So yes. It's, it's, it's still news. Yep. Um, and I'd say like, it's, it's the coping aspect of this and not coping in, in the sense of it's the healing and getting over this. Um, what do you do uh, other than the speaking? Like, what do you do now to try to make yourself whole? Do, do you feel that you can ever make yourself spiritually and psychologically whole from the trauma of that night? Well, just going through the right steps, talking about it, going to therapy and like trying to live a, as normal as I can, like try to live live a normal life, hanging out with friends who don't want me because of fame or like just people that just want to be my friend because they think I'm a cool guy. Do, do you find, uh, are people afraid to be your friend? Not where I live. Um. I have maybe three, four good friends where I live um, that are my age, and I don't think they're afraid to be my friend. They're very protective of me. Like, they don't want anybody to hurt me. They don't want anybody to harass me, and um, I'm glad for them. I'm thankful for the friends I do have. And your parents and your and your siblings, how are they? How have they dealt with the fallout of this? Um, they're doing. Uh, it's been stressful on them, but they're doing all right. Now here, so the bigger question, any aspirations of getting involved in politics? No. N none whatsoever. <laughs> Interesting. I wasn't expecting, I had many follow-up questions for that. Um, let me ask you another question. I, you're, you're, I, know you've, you've, I know you don't like anything that can be considered uh, insulting or criticizing others. And I'm, I'm not asking in that respect. There are people who say, um, who view you not as like a, a trophy, but people who think that you might be getting turned into something that either that you're not or that you should not be turned into in terms of a, a I say a role model for lack of a better word my view of this is you know what for what you went through you deserve neither praise nor criticism but do you get the impression that people are trying to say exploit or 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 use you as a figurehead for their own political purposes and and how does that make you feel if you if you notice that trend yeah, I have. I've I've noticed a lot of people want to use me for who I am and try to make money off of me and exploit me in different types of ways. But I just cut those people out of my life and don't associate with them. And then 
the left and right uses me on um, both sides. They pull me whichever direction they want. And um, the left uses me as a puppet. The right puts me on a pedestal in a way in certain ways and tries to, everybody seems to use me in a way like to push their own narrative. If, this, if that makes sense. It, well, it makes sense. And then the question is, I guess, how do how does that how does that change your approach to dealing with people and to to leading life? Is, is your goal is your biggest wish right now uh, either to not disappear into anonymity, to live a normal life that is not going to be uh, built on this event, or or are, do you accept that that may not be possible and that you're going to use the use your 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 experience for the most productive manner possible? I'm going to use my experience for the most productive manner possible. Okay, now I'm going to look over here. I was fo- there was a chat here, but the chat okay the computer the thing went dead. It doesn't matter. Do I have my phone? And I I I was going to go to locals and see if we have any co- questions, but Kyle, did I forget to ask you anything? Let, 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 let's try to let's I get a good memory here. Best memory of childhood. Best memory of childhood. That when you were in jail and you're in there for three months and you're I mean it's it's. I'm gonna, my imagination is going to go, you, you have to have a, a, a happy space, a happy place, like something, a memory that you just reflexively go to to try to get through the moments. Going to the beach. I love swimming. I love the beach. I love the sand. That was, that was one of my memories that I reflected on. Just going and hanging out, throwing a football around in the water. And that was a memory I reflected deeply on. Um, and uh, how far into the Bible have you gotten by this point? Have you gotten through the whole thing? I've, so I, I've read bits and pieces. I'm working, I really want to absorb what I'm reading and learn to apply it in everyday life and really know what it's telling me to do and what it's saying. Okay, now, I don't know how many verses or how many chapters you've read. Uh, what is the, what's your favorite or the most important verse, passage, or um Section. I, I don't know how it works, but what, what what is the one that has given you the most meaning and guidance as of now? Well, my my favorite verse is "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God." Because, um, when uh when I was a police explorer, I was like the I, I consider police officers peacemakers, and I was like they they're protecting people, and it just really stuck out to me, and I really liked it. It was very inspirational to me, and. Okay, interesting. Good. Now, one one person actually got a question that I forgot to ask. Defamation lawsuits. Are you allowed talking about those? So we're working on we're working on filing them. I know it's been a long time, but what is the? I mean, you have a lawyer, so I presume they're not going to go past the statute of limitations. Time bars. It's is about one. three, two, three years. Okay, so we got time. The, okay, we have time. Who's, um, who's on the? Um, Todd McMurtry. Oh no, no uh, Tom, Tom McMurt, talk, Todd McMurtry. McMurtry. Okay, I remember his name from the from the other lawsuits, but. Who's on the list of media to receive? Le- le- oh, I guess Facebook, pe- CNN, MSNBC, Whoopi, people who defamed me, people who called me a murderer, white supremacist. Those are the people we're going after. We really, really have to focus on like anti slap laws because we don't want to go in and end up losing a lawsuit and then getting hit with the slap law and then having to pay the other yeah. side. So that's what we're really studying. That's what we're getting the legalities of and trying to get the right venue and just make sure that the paperwork is right, organized, and we have a strong base for when we file. 
uh, do I even want to ask you to to dredge up the the accusations? Who 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 has said the worst things? I mean, what, what did Whoopi Goldberg say? Do you remember offhand? She called me a murderer after the acquittal. Yes, she says it like it's not to be uh, a lawyer, but beforehand suspect accused or the, before maybe people think you're a murderer you get acquitted um and they and and it's and it never goes away and it's a it's a factually legally incorrect statement and you're, there's going to be some legal uphill battles as to whether or not you are as they say defamation proof because of you know because of what happened okay so Whoopi goldberg facebook facebook what was what they did something particularly egregious so mark zuckerberg called me a mass murderer but section so Facebook, I believe, violated Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act. So what they did is they allowed comments for hate to be up, but they did not um, let comments for support um, be up, and they didn't even let them use my name. And Section 230 allows Facebook to remove um, things, remove like remove certain things. But I, we don't believe it allows you to remove somebody's complete name from the algorithm and anything that's newsworthy. It, so it we is, believe it violated it. Nothing's been filed yet against Facebook. Nothing yet, um, but we are working on we're working on researching Section two hundred and thirty of the Communications Decency Act to file it against Facebook. Yes, with some of the Twitter files that have come out, the, there's going to be the argument as to you know under certain circumstances whether or not they were acting as bona fide state actors under the coercion or bribery of the government. But in these cases, I mean, the, 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 there hasn't been a court yet that has stripped any comp that has uh, minimized the section 230 immunity whatsoever but is it not mind-blowing and, and and the most frustrating thing on earth is that there's the freedom to defame but not even the freedom to defend and i mean gofundme shut down your fundraiser as well back in the early days yep that is correct that was uh i think that was the first time we we heard of it where they, they don't they don't allow fundraising for alleged violent crimes uh yeah notwithstanding what, there were some examples, uh, some exceptions to that rule? There were a lot of exceptions to that rule, uh, such as if you fit GoFundMe's uh, narrative or agenda, then you can crowdfund if you committed a violent crime. Like, there was this person who shot a little boy in the head, and I think he raised $20,000 on GoFundMe. I don't know it, if you remember that. No, I, I remember I remember there were—I don't remember specific incidents, but I remember it, and, and th that there were concrete examples where people—and— and, you know, my, my view, it's a, it's a tough one. I, I had this discussion with the CEO or the owner of um, Give, Send, Go, right? You know, it's a Christian website, a Christian fundraiser. And I said, well, what would you not allow because of your beliefs? And he said, you know, barring one specific example, uh, even even uh, potential or accused sinners deserve a chance at redemption. Uh, so uh, you know, people accused even of violent crimes if you deny them their ability to raise funds, you're not going to get a fair trial. Exactly. And, and it's, you're compromising the system itself by, by prejudging and pre-convicting and, you know, guiding a specific conclusion. Um, so actually, so after, the, after GoFundMe shuts you down, this is early on, how did you, uh, how did you manage? I don't think, Give, Send, Go, I don't think was, was uh, an option back then? It was. We, Give, Send, Go, we were able to, in the beginning, raise, I think, a little over half a million dollars to help defend um, defend this uh, criminal case, and then uh, payment processors like shut you down. Sh that shut us down. But we had there was websites up like Free Cow USA was one. No, it's no longer up. But we raised money through that to help um, defend me in court. 
Now, okay, and I'll ask you this because some people might go back and look and say, holy crap, Apples, you've raised an aggregate of millions of dollars. You don't, you, you haven't, I mean, you haven't gotten rich off of this. <laughs> I don't have a million dollars. I am not wealthy. I'm actually in debt, so. Amazing. Um, the funds for the civil suit, what are you up to now? Uh, I think we're, we just hit 80,000 today, actually. Okay. Not bad. I'm, I'm going to read. So, now I'm in the chat in locals. So this is, there's, this is our locals community. So there's, they're reasonable people. Um, but I don't know that I'm going to read. Um, someone says hey, you're up to 82,000 now. So that's good. We, we shared it around this morning. Uh, chat, if you, if you have any questions, put them in here. I'm going to see what I can get to. Oh, yes. Yeah, so with, with, have you started, a YouTube, you started a YouTube channel? I'm still learning how to. <laughs> I, I don't know how to do this stuff. I'm like, I'm, I'm confused. I don't know how to edit a video. I've made a couple. I, I did like, I filmed like four Q&As just redoing them. And I can't get it right. I'm still working on it. So I promised it was going to come. It's still going to come. Dude, I'm gonna I just send have to you, figure I'm gonna send it out. You two things. Out. I'm going to send you a video from Casey Neistat, which was the number one advice that even I employed at the time. And it was how to succeed at YouTube. Three words. Just keep uploading. And then the other, the other expression, don't let the uh, perfect be the enemy of the good. Uh, and I know Rakeda was, was ribbing you as to what the subject matter of the channel is going to be. Are you into fishing? Like, I assume everyone has to love fishing because I, I love, love fishing. fishing. I, I I got to I was blessed. I got to go on a halibut fishing oh, really? um, trip with which, a friend, Atlantic Coast, uh, in in San Francisco with uh, my great friends uh, from Nevada at uh, Nevada um, Firearms Academy. Um, this is recently. Yeah, um, several months ago. But how how big did you catch? He was huge, like eighty pounds, like mass. It wasn't an 80-pound halibut. It was like a 25-pound halibut. Even still, they fight They fight like uh, the devil. It was fun. And then I caught a crab. <laughs> While fishing? While fishing. I caught a crab. Did you keep the crab? <laughs> I did not keep the crab. You kept You kept the halibut? I kept the halibut. And you, and you grilled it up fresh? Uh, we had blackened halibut okay. and blackened halibut tacos. You see, my... Um... When I think YouTube, first of all, I'll help you with the YouTube, the editing and all the stuff that people, it's impossible. Well, I'll say, I'll help you with the rumble because the online content creation, it's cathartic. It, it, it gets you out of, it gets you out of your, your, you know, mental framework. Um, it gets you outside and, you know, it's, 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 it's awesome. The fishing market on, on, on the interwebs is sort of saturated already. So you have to have an angle to it, but it, it's, it will. We'll, we'll talk when the cameras are off because it, it must be done. You must be doing it sooner than later and not letting the fear of perfection get in the way of just getting it done. All right. Perfect. Um, what else? What, what, what is so uh, civil lawsuits? You only have one, but it's going to be it's going to be lawfare for a while. Uh, you're healing and you're getting on with life. Let me see if I had if, did I miss anything that you absolutely want to say? I think you covered it all. Now, like, give me two minutes to go to the. I'm going to go to the chat because I. What I hate the most, we, we this took a long time to coordinate, and if I forget to ask one question, someone says, "Nice boots, Kyle." First of all, they are beautiful boots. Those are cowboy boots. Yeah, L legit cowboy boots. Yeah, no zipper. You have to pull those down. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me see here. I didn't know they could see my boots. I didn't, well, see, I have. I have. My wife said, "Don't wear these shoes because they're so dirty now." <laughs> they say Viva Fry. They say Viva Fry. And let me see if I can get. Okay, check this out. This is uh, Murph's kicks, by the way. Murph, they're amazing, but I've worn the I've worn the heck out of them. So I always said, "Don't wear." Them. They're not. They're not clean. They're, but I love them. Those are. Um, I had one pair of cowboy boots. I got them in Mexico, but they. Uh, 
they weren't particularly well made and cut the living heck out of my uh, heel. Um, let me see this. It's all about the socks you wear. <laughs> yeah, but those 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 look comfort more comfortable. Um, Fry, Kyle, please consider TFT thought field therapy to help with PTSD. That works. I'm 78. Dr. Michael Galvin is renowned and could give you names of doctors. It works faster and less painful than EMDR. EMDR was was the um. Okay, let's see. How much? How much good advice does Barnes talk? I I, I know I know I, I presume you've watched us once or twice, Barnes, on point. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> well, I, even if he even if Kyle, if Kyle didn't think that he wouldn't say anything, that much I know. But I do know that you, uh, you well, I think you like you like Barnes's advice. Um, does Kyle have any questions for me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> While you think of those, let me continue reading. But do you have any questions for me? Let me think about it. Okay, think about that. I'm going to get some more here. Um, I'm not. I know that you, you, does Kyle have an opinion on Linwood? I, I know that it's not a gossip type. You're not a gossip type of guy, so I'm not going to get into those. Um, chat on locals. Let's see what you got here. What was it like meeting Trump? Are you still in touch with him? It, it was. It was an experience. It was awesome. It was very fun. Mar-a-Lago is one of the most beautiful places on planet Earth, in my opinion. It was. It was amazing. I I don't talk to Trump like we don't we don't like call each other and have phone calls. But I've seen him a couple times since after my, when I first met him. I was at a movie premiere where I got to see him again. And that was fun. This this is the interesting thing, and and I I know what Barnes what Robert says about Trump that he is like despite being depicted as 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 Satan himself, an actually nice person. It, it does he. I, I imagine that privately or individually on a one-on-one -on -one basis, he gives like that loving uncle vibe. Is 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 that? Am I correct yeah. in that assessment? Yeah. And how tall is he? He's taller than you. Yes, he's taller than me. Okay. So my question for you, Viva, is: Do you have dual citizenship in U.S. and Canada? I do not. You do not yet. Now I'm the, I, I'm on a temporary a three-year visa. Okay. And then the question is whether or not I apply for permanent residence. Um, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm serious. I mean, you know, the, the world has gone bat shit crazy everywhere like like canada and the states and the question is uh you know you're looking even within the states which state is going to be the last bastion of freedom texas <laughs> well so it's it's good there are people who say it's gonna be florida I, I i was in texas man i was in austin and um the city austin itself... isn't texas <laughs> well what 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 what, what part did i so what part did i miss because i was in austin i actually drove to albuquerque new mexico with my daughter uh, overnight to see the breaking bad stuff but i didn't get to the east of austin so like what what parts of texas are reflect the essence the zeitgeist of texas any like a lot of the smaller towns like just like the big cities don't really like show austin not austin texas's values but the smaller counties and out outskirts of the cities that's Texas. So you don't think Texas is going to go the way of California when all the defectors from California come into Texas and turn it into? No, no, it may, but that, that's a very valid point. Because I'm, I mean, I'm looking. So we've been in Florida now for six months. There's a lot of New Yorkers from Florida. There's a lot of New Yorkers in Florida. It's like I think there's more New Yorkers in Florida than Floridians, but it, but it's going the other way politically. So. I think the people leaving New York appreciate the politics from which they're fleeing, but it seems to be a bit different, uh, California to Texas. 
I would I would say so. Um, I I like Florida. I love Florida a lot, but I don't agree with a lot of the laws here, especially the ones on the Second Amendment. I see that they're trying to pass constitutional carry here, which is a it's about damn time. Um, but I don't agree that you have to be twenty one to get a rifle here. And you 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 would not. You would not like Canada and Canada. Oh, don't I, don't get me started. I can't. No, I mean, I, and I, I went through it like firsthand because we have um, in order. First of all, small arm. It, it, there's a freeze on on small arms in Canada. It's it's outright illegal. You know, criminalized almost even legal possession. But I did the uh, the long arm unrestricted license, a two day course. Like a, a two day course, I had to take an exam, and then in order to procure one, you have to get a background check. You have to get. Uh, authorization from a spouse and you have to renew it every five years and even then can't be stored loaded you have to have a a trigger lock on the rifle uh, ammunition stored separately and typically you'd want to have it stored in a separate (laughs) locked container so what happens somebody breaks into your house you have to go through a hundred steps you're not even you are not allowed owning it for the purposes of self-defense that is right so that's it's it's now in theory, you could use it for self-defense if you know you if you have it enough time or whatever. Self, there's there's no self-defense in Canada. There is no self-defense there's in Canada. No self-defense in Canada. No pepper spray. Uh, you can't even have nunchucks for self-defense. I looked this up just to make someone laugh, but self-defense is criminalized in Canada. Yep. Guns are effectively there. The ownership of lawful ownership is effectively criminalized because you make a mistake and you're looking at serious time in jail. Um, and despite all of that, so, gun violence is going up at a rapid rate in Canada. So I talked to a couple, I talked to a cop from Canada, a retired cop from Canada, and I was talking to him about, about the gun control and the gun laws there, and I learned a lot. So what, one thing I took away from that conversation is, like, somebody who owns a firearm, they get convicted of a crime with a gun, then they go to prison, they do maybe a, so what would be maybe a life sentence here in the United States it's maybe two, three years in Canada. Is that right? There is. Um, the penalties are much less harsh. I mean, I know there was. Um, oh, it, it was an egregious criminal, but they could be eligible for parole. You know, I, two to three years, depending on the severity. No, like maybe 15, 10, 15. But yeah, there's there's um, penalties are more lenient on the far end. But then there's some minimum uh, requirements for firearm offenses that are which are just totally unjust, um, which can affect the. The innocent, but yeah, the, the our penalties in Canada are, are far more forgiving. Is Tim Hortons better than Duncan? Uh, they're both crap, in my opinion. Actually, Tim Hortons used to be good, uh, but now it just tastes like watered down uh, tea. Like it, t- it tastes like watered down sugar water. <laughs> uh, but then I also hate Starbucks. The, the, Tim Hortons has gone downhill. Do you know who Tim Hortons was? No, he was a famous hockey player who died in a drunk driving accident. <laughs> and they, they, the legacy. It, most people don't know of the history behind the legacy, but it became. Uh, you know, one of Canada's iconic, iconic uh, chains. Have you been to Canada? No, I don't. I don't have a passport right now. Do you not have a passport because of everything, or you just don't have a passport? I don't have a passport. Well, because I was going to get a passport, and then my criminal trial happened, and then I have yet to get one. I've been really busy. I'm actually, it's actually on my bucket list this week. Well, that's it, for the passports are good, but America is such a wildly big, diverse country. Exactly. It's, 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 okay, I don't want to make a fool of myself. 51 states. I remember... How many states are there? It's not 52. It's 50, I think it's 51. Yeah. I remember it's not the number of cards in a deck. But like, Canada's amazing as well, except the politics. Um, geographically, America is like... 
it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tapestry of all the, everything on earth. Like it's, it's, there's so much to see here. Yeah. And Canada's huge. Like I was looking at a map of Canada the other day. How many territory? Like you guys We've have got, territories, um, right? I have to count them. We have no, we have two territories. We've got, uh, okay, let's see if we got North, uh, Newfoundland and, uh, oh geez, Newfoundland, Newfoundland, Newfoundland and Labrador, Far East. Then we've got Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, New Brunswick on the East Coast. Then we've got uh, Quebec, Ontario, uh, Al- Saskatchewan, Alberta, Manitoba. I get mixed up with the, between the prairies. Which one's the most conservative? <laughs> the most conservative would be Alberta, but conservative in Canada, uh, you know, is not the same thing as conservative in the States. Alberta is the, the province which has, like, COVID freedom, but it's still uh, COVID tyranny, uh, but just less so than the other provinces. British Columbia... On the far never each, on the far west is California, Canada's California, um, and Ontario is like Canada's New York. It's just uh, liberal to a liberal to a problem. But it's you know Canada's beautiful, but it's there's not as much distinction between the provinces, and there's fewer of them than the states in America, which they're they're each their own country. So I say you don't need a passport, and where where are you going to go? Like there's uh, Europe. <laughs> well, just in case I ever have any like. Uh, speaking engagements overseas. It's a, get a passport anyhow. And Europe is beautiful, but you go to Europe and um, you go to Europe and you'll appreciate America a, a lot more. I, I studied one year in, in Paris in 1999 to 2000, philosophy at La Sorbonne. And um, you appreciate the difference between America or the West and Europe. Europe is part of the West, but uh, architecture is is the only thing that makes Europe distinguishably better than north america other than that uh you know politics tend to ruin everything uh bc is commie land says rob a none of it northwest territories are the two territories yes chat let me get let me get some questions if i've missed anything we are bigger than the u.s yes it is and um okay here we go i have to make sure that before i read it out loud ns spence says kyle you may not realize it but you are wise beyond your years. Your spirit and outlook remind me of Henley's poem, Invictus. You too seem to possess an unconquerable soul. What, what, is, what is most mind-blowing... Oh, someone asked if you considered running for public office. We asked him. He's not, he had no interest in politics. If you, if, if you thought media would make you cynical, politics is the, is, the, is the ultimate... It's the doom pill. It's not even black pill. Like, I wouldn't... I wouldn't have a problem with being a lobbyist, but I don't want to be a congressman. I don't think I can I can do much change inside office. I think I can do much more change outside of office. Yeah, in my well, opinion, is it was it was Andrew Breitbart who said politics is downstream from culture. This is when I I, I ran for federal office in Canada. Only oh, not I say not only, but I said before I run from the country, I'm going to run for the country. And if they don't want to elect change, well then Canada. But um, yeah, the, the the night of the election when I still like an idiot thought I could have a chance of winning. Uh, I was like, if I, if I win, I'll have less, less reach, less impact, less, less influence than on the outside. Luckily I lost hard. <laughs> oh. I, I got 3% of the, 3.3% of the vote, which was twice as much as, or three times as much as we got the same party got the prior election. Oh, but nice. uh, the astronaut, Marc Garneau got um, 53% of the vote. My, my, my riding has gone liberal by more than half for, Almost thirty years. So, Kyle, okay, we're gonna we're gonna wind this up because you got to go somewhere now. But um, uh, I see. I don't want to put you on the spot and ask for the you know the white pill outlook. Um, what do you What are you most looking forward to 
in the coming in the coming years. Getting this lawsuit, getting getting over this lawsuit, start moving, starting my life, starting moving on with my life, and just being an activist in a way, and just seeing change in America, seeing better laws get passed, and just seeing America become free again. Well, you know, th- there's um, you were thrust into uh, circumstances that would have destroyed most people. You've, by the grace of God, made it out. Um, and you, I, I, I may be projecting, but one can see trauma and lingering effects as is normal. But um, I think what most people will be st- struck by is your resolve. I mean, you're surviving and thriving and you are an inspiration to many, not, not necessarily a figurehead, but an inspiration as to overcoming as much adversity as any single human can expect to ever experience in their life. And you're continuing to experience it now. Uh, you look like you're doing okay. Uh, where can people find you? You can go to, uh, you can visit me at Twitter. This is Kyle R. Instagram. This is Kyle Rittenhouse. And yeah, I'm starting to post more. I post a lot on Twitter. Um, I don't post that much on Instagram. I'm shadow banned on Instagram. Instagram is useless. It, it, it's you, it, unless, you know, you have the fishing channel. When you have the fishing channel up, fishing pics and fishing vids on Instagram. But it's, it's a totally, it's a totally different essence of platform. It's not for politics. It's not for, mm-hmm. it's for people, you know, showing off their dogs and kids. Yep. So this is Kyle R and um, and the YouTube channel. What, when it's up and ready, you'll let everybody know. Yes, when I when I post the video, I'll let people know and I'll promote it a lot. And yeah. Okay, Kyle. I know I got disconnected from the chat, but I I know people are wishing you well and wishing you all the best in everything you do. So uh, keep your head up and as I keep your head up and keep ignoring that which deserves to be ignored, but uh, keep relying on that which is getting you through this. Thank you, Viva. Kyle. Nice to meet you as well. Everybody, um, see you Sunday night. What day is today? It's Friday. See you Sunday. Thank you for being here, and uh, have a great weekend.